Beginning the Trek, a 52-episode introduction to Star Trek. This podcast is all about introducing Star Trek to new fans who have never watched it, like me. And enjoying it through new eyes for those of us who have seen it more than once, like me. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Beginning the Trek, on Twitter at Begin the Trek, and on our website at beginningthetrek.com. That sounded really good to me. Okay, so should we, we should talk about the sound issues. Yes, guys, you are going to hear... No, no, no. Uh, I, I have to be ahead. the one to say this. This was, this was my <laughs> screw-up. I have to be the one to say this. We're new at this, folks, and uh, we had a little bit of a technical glitch in this episode. The conversation is so worth it, and uh, we do apologize for the... Uh, there's a little bit of fan noise in the background every now and then, and it... Uh, that's my fault. It's just my fault. <laughs> uh, but it's okay, because it's totally worth it. We're going to talk about the Corbomite Maneuver... Even though it's 50 years old, you might have missed it. Or just go get a refresher, because this conversation won't make sense if you don't remember the episode. Yeah, I, we're going to talk about a lot of details in the in the show. And uh, for you to follow along, it, it's great if you've just seen it recently with us. So uh, go back and watch the Corbomite Maneuver. All right, Andy, before we start talking about all these specifics... Uh, I want you to tell me, because you've seen this uh, more than 100 times, what is the Corbomite Maneuver about in 10 sentences? In 10 sentences. Or less. Or less. Okay, the Corbomite Maneuver in 10 sentences. Off the top of my head. Yes. Uh, okay, the Corbomite Maneuver. So the the Starship Enterprise is performing some star mapping operations when uh, they encounter an alien buoy. This big giant cube in space holds them steady, starts emitting radiation, and when and when the Enterprise tries to pull away, the buoy starts to emit radiation that's harmful, and we have to destroy the buoy. Well, that angers the people that made the buoy, and a giant spaceship shows up, and this guy claiming to be Balok um, of the First Federation threatens us and says that we are trespassing and we must be destroyed. Well. Captain Kirk of the Enterprise tries to reason with, to negotiate with, and even to say, we'll just leave, but to no avail. And Balak issues a 10-minute ultimatum, I'm going to destroy you in 10 minutes. And Captain Kirk comes up with a solution. He decides to try playing a little poker, and he bluffs Balak, and it works. We get away, and uh, in doing so, we damage Balak's ship. And rather than run away, Captain Kirk decides to go back and render aid to the very people that were going to potentially destroy us. And Balok actually turns out to be kind of a really fun character. And everybody lives happily ever after. Until the next episode with the bad guys. Until the next episode where we have brand new bad guys to deal with or a new, a new threat. There you go. That's it. How was that? I thought that was really good. You could end it with that little and then Hi Jessica. Hello Andy. How are you? I'm doing great. I watched my first original series Star Trek episode. Okay. I have been on pins and needles for days now, knowing that you were, you know, gonna be watching it. <laughs> and I have not talk to you about it. I have no idea. Right. And like 
the butterflies are flying around in my stomach and I just need it. Okay. What did you see? Uh, I have to say that I think you may have picked a perfect episode. I'm not entirely sure of that right now, but it was, uh, I ended the episode with a big smile. I was like, that was so pure. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm trying to come up with the word. It was just pure. Like it seems so classic in storytelling. That story went in a totally different direction than I thought it was going to go, which I love that the, the end, which which is why I said, like, if you don't want the spoiler, go watch it, is so perfect to go from thinking that he's this uh, scary-looking, blue, humanoid-esque, straight to, like, this weird old baby, like, super intelligent baby face. It was so... And then the maniacal laughter coming from this, like, creepy old man baby. It was just so... It was awesome, and I didn't see it coming, and I, I really loved that. Okay, so first thing, ah, I feel so much better. I feel so much better now uh, to know that you liked the first episode. So, so you know, like like that was, in my mind, the, the, the scariest hurdle that I have to go over. Is it sounds like you're at least in for, for some more Star Trek. Oh, absolutely. I really loved Baylock. Uh, I... I I think the comment of Spock saying, oh, he was like my dad, I wondered if that would happen post-meeting him in real life. Because it would be really interesting to see Spock be like, never mind, you were like my dad, but now you're just a really, really weird. I didn't think about that. Um, Spock was judging the Baylock persona. Super logical. He won the chess game. He really did. The only reason they got out of it was because they they bluffed. But then they go and meet him, and the guy's actually like, "I really like you, Captain Kirk. You're just like I am." And I'm just like, that was really interesting, given Spock's point of view of of he had all this respect for the the super intelligent that won. Well, just as a little preview, so you know, uh, it's possible that sometime along this journey in the next few weeks or so, you might be meeting Spock's father. So you'll get to judge for yourself. Ooh, cool. And for those of you that are listening that, that do know about these stories and that have watched it before, uh, yes, Journey to Babel is on my list. So it's coming. And for those of you like me, we don't have any idea what just happened. So and you don't need cool. to. And we don't, you don't need, need to. to know. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make these little asides every now and then to, to my Trekkie brethren uh, and sisterin. Sisterin? Sure. And uh, <laughs> um, just let them know so that they feel good about, hopefully that they feel good about me making some smart choices. But what really got me was, uh, you can clearly tell I haven't seen these. So when it started rolling, I was like, why is Captain Kirk not in the thing? And then it went to Bailey, the navigator guy. <laughs> and I was like, wow, he's aged so much differently. That's crazy. And then it went past the credits and I was like, oh, I feel silly. That wasn't even William Shatner at all. <laughs> like that was, But he was a little bit like of a mini me, if you put those two side by side in that episode, they are very similar looking. Like, well, and I, I think that was intentional. I think that, that, that well, one of the things that, that 
um, McCoy is arguing with with Kirk about, and I just love the relationship between McCoy and Kirk here. But he's saying you promoted him too quick. Maybe you saw something that mm-hmm. you know something familiar. You you see a version of yourself in him. Yeah, and so I think that's part of why. Kirk is is rooting for Bailey through this whole thing. So that you mm-hmm. that you kind of saw this this character show up and made the assumption that maybe that was that was the captain at first is I didn't expect that. I didn't expect I that didn't at all. Either. And I didn't see I don't know why uh if I've got gotten so used to watching Netflix the way I do or like on demand streaming the way I do, but I was like where are the credits? What happened? <laughs> like, oh. And then after like two minutes, I was like, oh, right. This was on actual TV at some point. So yeah, 52 minutes an episode. You know, they only had about eight minutes of commercials in an hour long show back then. Whereas, you know, now they do eight minutes of commercials in a half hour show or more. And then there's the super clear fade to black. Okay, starting now, which uh, I think I'm actually going to like. It gives kind of a... A predictability to this to the story, not in a bad way, because I didn't predict the storyline. Just I guess in kind of a pacing. You already mentioned the story, the, the story going in a different way than you expected. Yeah. And what did you expect? I'm curious what you thought might happen. Uh, I expected that once they got to the second ship, the huge kind of glowing ball of a Firefly ship, that it was an AI of a dead civilization. Mm. And because I, I did expect the blue Baylock to be uh, a fake, but I expected what was behind that to be nothing at all. Like, uh, oh, this is like a relic of a civilization that was so, so smart and then died out. Uh, and then it turns out, nope, just one guy. Right. All lonely. <laughs> a little bored. A little lonely. Yeah, just a little bored. Gotta like no one can keep up with me, so I just screw with strangers that I come across a little bit. But that's what that's what I expected—some kind of artificial intelligence set up for a civilization that had already passed. Let's talk about Captain Kirk's first appearance. So he's in sick bay. He's, mm-hmm. he's on the upside down <laughs> recumbent bike, doing his or you know the, the stairmaster or whatever the heck that thing is. Um, with the either glistening with oil or sweat, I'm not sure which, but whatever. That had to have been a deliberate choice to to have his first thing be shirtless working out. Just saying. Now this is the 1960s, and this is this is the first time you're seeing him. Uh huh. Uh, my entire thought of that could be summed up into one word with an eye roll. It was just. Smooth. <laughs> like I'm like okay, smooth, nice, nicely done. Uh, and then, but and then my second thought was that's a cool little workout, pushing up, jogging. And then that was about. So I didn't concentrate very much on uh, Kirk's oily abs. So you'll be surprised how many times uh, he ends up either shirtless or with his shirt ripped. If 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 you haven't seen enough of his chest yet, don't worry. There's more. There's, there's more. <laughs> Lucky me. You know, this actually gets into a conversation we could have of what bothered me about mm-hmm. this. And I realize it's a product of its time. Um, and I'll go both ways. Firstly, for men looking at this, he is not... 
he's he's a good-looking young man. Like you can tell that immediately. Though he's working out, he is not overweight. He looks great, right? But he does, is not shaped at all like our movies, male movie stars today. And the same way we set up female role models as, oh, you have to be shaped like this, you have to have a body like that, otherwise you're not pretty. I'll say it goes the same for men, and it's gotten worse over time. So uh, for all you guys out there who are sad that you don't look like Vin Diesel or something, I would say don't worry about it because it is in no way unattractive, and I think that Hollywood's done a disservice to guys as much as it has to girls. On the flip side, there were literally like three times that a female talked in this entire episode. And that bothered me. And the first time a woman talks, it's to serve a guy lunch. And then she's berated for it. So from a feminist angle, I was like, really? And then there's nothing I can do about it except note it, kind of roll my eyes and move on. And that was my take on that, just as a female. That sucks. I really got you on that. And and I'll be honest, when I watched this episode trying to decide what to put first, mm-hmm. that was a big concern of mine, is even though Uhura is a member of the bridge crew, mm-hmm. is a department head, you know, mm-hmm. she gets to give her report. Uh, yeah, there, there's there's an underrepresentation of of females in this episode, and I decided to do this episode first anyway because it is a product of the times, and in some ways, it was progressive as heck that she was on the bridge, a black woman, a a Japanese man, you know, European in in, in Scotty and. Uh, and then the alien, you know, I mean, it was, in fact, there's one moment where all the department heads are sitting around the conference table. And I kind of looked at the diversity and it was diversity in color. Mm-hmm. It was diversity in color of uniform. It was diversity. There was, you know, there was only the one female represented. And that was the one mm-hmm. piece that I wish the mixture had been mm-hmm. stronger. Bear right. with, bear with we're just at the beginning of this, and like I got it. Uh, it I mean, it won't. It's not going to deter me. It was just one of those moments where it's just like, yeah, that's how this is, mm-hmm. and it kind of sucks. And for people making things going forward, don't be don't be the show. Uh, forty years from now, that you look back and you're just like, wow, really? You had three lines for females. That's that's all. Don't be that show. I don't know if anyone's going to listen to this advice, but they should. <laughs> well, well, the question is, is what standard do we have today that seems perfectly in line? Sure. That 50 years from now, when somebody's watching whatever they're watching, mm-hmm. maybe Star Trek that's being made now, who knows? And they take a look and they say, oh my goodness, look at the failure to include hmm, or the how much this they put in there. That, you know, was never even considered while we were making what we were making. It was just how life is here. Sure. One of the things I look at is look at how far we as a society have come. That it was progressive as heck that Uhura was in the bridge crew. That she was, that she was a department head. 
I, I didn't mean to go so deep, so I'm sorry for making it not as quite as much fun, but... No, don't, don't be sorry at all. No, no, no. This is, this is so much why I wanted to have these conversations with you, was to see what you get and what you don't get, what you like and what you don't want. like. If you don't say that, there's no credibility. Yeah, what you, whatever, whatever doesn't work about Star Trek, say it. This episode was made 51 years ago. The color scheme, the lighting, the, the acting, the commercial breaks, the long tees before the, the, you know, all of it. What worked and what doesn't? I loved the yeoman. In my head, I called her Yeoman Beehive because her hair is amazing and I think it's awesome. Uh, I, I actually... I know you could take a whole stance on the mini skirts and uh, other things that the ladies were wearing, but you know what? I didn't think it was o- overtly sexual, so I actually just thought it was really cute and pretty. The shaking at the end with the ship uh, would definitely uh, not work today. Whatever kind of film technology they do or CG that they do, I don't think you could get away with like telling all the actors, okay, now flop to the other wall. Because it very much looked like somebody had said, okay, flop to the other wall, and then they did. And I was like, I don't think they'd do that today. They'd do something else. They'd, they'd make a room where they yeah. actually fell. Right, right. That's how much money we no, spent I, on it I, now. I, I totally gotcha. Um, you'll see more of that. Yeah, you'll sure. see the You'll see that we're going to tilt the camera one way and everybody roll to the other. And one of the things is at some point, it always seems like somebody goes the wrong way. Usually it's Uhura. Really? And That's I, awesome. I, 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 I've never heard this. So watch for okay. it. Because she actually does in this episode. She actually flies to the right when everybody else flies to the left one time. Uh, and then in the next time, she's right in sync with everybody else. So I think it, it, it strikes me that maybe she was doing that on purpose to get noticed a little bit. Mm. And good for her. Good for her for, for standing out. So what do you think of this, this of, of Kirk's final solution to, to go back and render aid even after we were probably going to be destroyed or killed i mean we really thought we were gonna die there when i say we i mean you know i'm i'm on the ship with everybody else right we're all in it yeah we're all kind of in it together and i think i think in a lot of ways we're all kind of bailey like oh my god what would i do what would i do on it if if i'm sitting on the bridge of the starship enterprise Mm -hmm. and a superior force has us captured Mm -hmm. and they're telling me you have 10 minutes to live I'm not sure that I would be able to keep it together any more than Bailey did. You know, I had the distinct feeling of uh, the same kind of hierarchy that you would get on a submarine. I've never actually been on a submarine, Mm -hmm. but the way that... And it completely makes sense. And it's really amazing that you said this was the first episode that they actually produced after the pilots... To get that feeling without ever overtly stating it, uh, when Kirk says, oh, this is, yeah, I'll consider that when this is a democracy, which is never. Because when you're in that uh, closed environment, you do what the captain says. And then he has him spend, he has the entire crew spend all that time. Let's get it to 100%. Not because he's a tyrant, 
or that's just not what I got, but because he, he knows that there's going to be another time and we're not going to have time to work out that 6% once we're in it. We do that now. We do it perfect. So the next time when I say something, you do it. Uh, and I think getting that, that, that entire feeling where everybody's there, they're all individual humans and Bailey kind of gets to freak out. He kind of gets to represent what all of us would be, even though we don't want to admit it. We want to think that we're, we're Spock or something that, that we're taking it with a cool head. We wouldn't, we'd be like, Oh my God, I have seven minutes to live. Why are we standing here? Uh, that that tightness is what is what keeps the ship going, uh, that direct control, and uh, I was really impressed by that. What was the original question? <laughs> Balak gave us. I'm just gonna keep my. I'm just gonna be on the crew for the rest of the se- the whole series. I'm just a I member of the crew right along with that. So Balak gave us ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And said, I assume, he said something like, I assume that you have a deity or deities or some such beliefs that comfort you. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically he said, I'm going to kill you in 10 minutes. Go pray. Mm-hmm. And yet, what, what do we do? We've got 10 minutes and we try to figure out ways out of it. We try right. to reason. We try to... Um, or, you know, Spock is scanning and everybody kind of falls to form. What I don't see anybody doing is praying. None of them. Right. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe Bailey a little bit is, if not praying, he's, you know, allowing his emotions, but everybody's still doing their job. You know, they're all still part of this cog and Kirk Mm -hmm. is, Kirk never for a moment just says, shoot, I guess that's it guys. Sorry. You know, it's he when he does that little speech of of um, we've discovered that, you know, once people get to know us, they they get that we're, you know, they get what we're up to. Um, oh, my God, I'm saying that so poorly. Uh, what was the speech? I'm trying to remember what he says. I should have written it down. Is it the the unknown thing that it's only what isn't known to us now? That seemed like a pretty heavy speech, like. Like a writer spent time on that. Isn't that great? When when he said, "Yeah, there's there's no such thing." Yeah, there's just there's just what we haven't we haven't discovered yet. Very Star Trek. <laughs> Everybody keeps their cool, except for Bailey, and we all know that. <laughs> Everybody keeps their to the point where, uh, oh, now I feel really stupid because I've forgotten the guy's name, the uh, the doctor. <laughs> Listen, you are watching. This was your first episode of Star Trek that you know his name was Spock. I was happy about. There you go. That you knew Captain Kirk was a captain, and we're looking for him. That's great. So I got the wrong about, guy, but... worry, which I think is awesome. That's so, embarrassing. What, what, a, what a great way to, to start. Well, I didn't. I, I mistook that he was in the yellow shirt. Doesn't Kirk wear yellow? Um, I didn't uh, even Dr. know McCoy. that part. Oh, Dr. Dr. McCoy. McCoy. He's still doing his job to the point of going up to Captain Kirk and saying, 
Don't think that this is going to get you out of this. I told you that Bailey was going to freak out. Right. And you didn't listen to me. Like, to that, he's, he's, and that's what brings up the bluff thing. He's so still doing his job with such confidence that, that he thinks, okay, don't think that death is going to get you out of this. Exactly. Mister, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, and then, of course, that sparks the whole, well, we're not playing chess. Let's play poker. Which was great. Wasn't that fun? Wasn't that a fun moment? Uh, whether whether Bela and and I want to talk about Baylock in a moment here, but yeah, the the whole the whole moment there where Kirk was able to get control, I think mm-hmm. I think ultimately that was part of Baylock's test. Was I'm yeah. putting you to the test? You know, it's I know how much you love Firefly. I know you're a Firefly Firefly fan, Jessica. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that kept popping up in my head was, was it Niska? And you don't really know someone until they're staring at the abyss. Mm-hmm. You don't really know until they're facing death. And mm-hmm. I got a little bit of a sense of the test Balak was giving them was, how are you guys going to handle it mm-hmm. when your lives are on the line? Are mm-hmm. you going to revert? You're going to revert to form. And let's see what that form is. Are you going to attack right. me? Are you going to? Well, no, we never we, we never stopped being who we said we were going to be from right. the very beginning, even when that was the thing that might have saved us, might have gotten us out of it. You never know. But right. uh, instead, we said, no, we're, we're here for peace. We say it because we mean it, and we're never going to stop saying it. And we're never going to stop doing it. Even when the test is over and... They get away, although they make it clear later that he let them get away. They come back. That's how much they mean it. That's that's a pretty f- powerful message to put into such a small time in a very sci-fi way. I This is what I love about sci-fi, is that realization right there came from just, we're just going to entertain people for an hour give or take commercials, but maybe what they're left with is this actual nugget. And I haven't watched Star Trek, but I'm guessing that a lot of these that you're going to show me, they're entertainment and then some, which just got to, got to respect that. Uh, They have a, that yes, layers. Yes. (laughs) That's, that's about as eloquent as I can get on that. (laughs) I, uh, I, let me just tell you, um, my heart is doing flip-flops right now. I am so giddy with this because I was so nervous coming into this first, this first episode, knowing that like whether or not you enjoyed it was going to shape how this entire series goes. And we were going to do this series regardless of what you thought. And you were going to be honest. And, and you have been honest. You, you're yeah. honest, especially about the female stuff. And I have a feeling for a lot of the original series, not all of it, but for a lot of it, we'll be addressing some of that. Some of the, what about this woman? and Stuff like that. Right. Uh, and, and to that end, I'm making sure to pick some episodes that either feature Uhura or that have some really strong female characters in the future. Um, so you'll get to see that. Uh, because that's important to me. And then it really will get addressed as we move further into Star Trek. So, so 
Um, I hope that that's not just important to you in picking these, but because those are also important to Star Trek. That that right there would validate, okay, not as sexist as I originally thought. It would. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um, Don't want to spoil all of this for you. (laughs) Put a pin in it. I really well. It's it's not even a pin. This is this is about you finding your version of Star Trek. Oh, this okay. This is about this is about. I don't know what it is. I know what it is for me. Let me explain a little bit about what Star Trek is for me. Okay. Star Trek is amazing characters. First, Captain Kirk, Mister Spock, Jean Luc Picard, um, Cisco, and Janeway, and Archer, and all the characters. I love them. And Star Trek is about the stories. Stories about exploration and discovery, ha, <laughs> discovery, and, um, and, and bettering ourselves. And it's about the, it's about the bettering of who we are today. Looking at ourselves and saying, what is possible if we work together and achieve something? What can we achieve? And then going out and achieving it. And that's what Star Trek is today. For some people, Star Trek is about the cosplaying, about going, about the social communities, about the, um, the, the morals and the messages that you get from watching them. Uh, from, some of it is, is about the technology. People love it for whatever they love it for. I have no clue what you're going to love it for. Mm-hmm. But I'm starting to get a sense that you're going to love it. And that makes me absolutely overjoyed. Like, I keep in... I'm, get, I'm getting a little emotional, okay? I'm just getting a little emotional because my friend Aww. is going to fall in love with Star Trek and I can see that. <laughs> right so, yay. It's a big, big ha ah, for me. We got to talk about how surprising Baylock actually was to me. Yes. Because I think that right there is the nutshell of experiencing it with new eyes. Uh-huh. I was not expecting that. When they cut to the the okay, bend down, we're going to It's it's low. Energize yeah, yeah. you. We're going to we're going to beam you over. Yeah. That, okay, let me get this just cuz I'm learning. Uh we're beaming you over. Beaming you down. Or over. Beaming in that case, down. yes, they were beaming over, over to the uh, other ship, yes. Okay. That, I bet it's more beaming down to a planet. You beam down to, to a planet, ship. you beam up to the ship, you beam, you beam over but to a ship. Beaming. Beam, it's beaming, yeah. Transporter okay. beam. Sure. Because uh, he says energize, and I was like, ooh, that's a fun, you're energizing over to... So that's oh yeah, weird. that's, that's <laughs> the command every time you okay. you beam someone over ready. to energize, yes. Okay. So you'll hear that a lot. Uh, right. when, when they're like, oh, get down, it's a tight space in there. Uh-huh. And then I'm just like, okay, it's going to be super miniature, or this is exactly what I thought. It's AI because there is actually nobody on board. Like, all of that. And then, like, my actual words were, Jesus, <laughs> Benjamin buttoned me! <laughs> <laughs> like, it, I was just so not expecting that. And it was super creepy the way he had the maniacal laughter. Uh, that actor, the little kid actor, just spot on. Yeah, super a- creepy. Actually, that actor, it, as as young as he was, and it was one of his first mm-hmm. credits. That's Clint Howard. So you might have seen him in a few Ron Howard movies. 
Oh, and he's got, I'm getting there's a connection there. Yeah, he's got over 200 credits. So, yeah, he's oh. been around. Um, but, yeah, um, I love I, I love that moment. And what's it's so fun to hear you say that because you're right. Ever since I saw it the first time, I know what's coming. Right. I know what's coming. I know that that long, creepy-looking head that they see with all the waves on the screen and the, the voice, I know that's not him. And I'd forgotten the, the joy of seeing that for the first time, of seeing Balok lounging on that couch, right? Like, with right. all the pillows and sitting right. there and drinking, and drinking the Tranya. By the way, Tranya mm-hmm. is a thing. We start. Is tra- there an actual recipe for there it? There are many recipes for it. They usually <laughs> involve they usually involve some sort of alcohol and some sort of either tang or orangey something. Um, yeah, I guess that fits with the outer space theme. Oh, and I would also like to say the "it's okay because I drank it first thing to prove that it's not poison. So does not work. For aliens and humans. Well, I'll I'll take it a step further. Because I'm this much of a nerd, I actually watched the scene. He's holding his glass when they Mm -hmm. open the curtains. He he puts it down, fills everybody else's, and then picks his Mm -hmm. back up. So he didn't even, like, like, he didn't even pour his out of the same bowl. You're right. They, not a smart thing to, to take a sip. But, right. you know, I think Kirk was just like, like oh, uh, yeah, I'm a good judge of character. This guy's a good guy. Because otherwise, <laughs> Kirk's an idiot, right? Right. Well, I think he's lucky on that one, but we'll go We'll go with it. Yeah. Uh, there was, I did, I found a mistake, and I'm sure there's lots of them like, oh, she was wearing her shirt like this, and then it went to the next one, and it's actually like this. I found one of those. I so rarely find these. Oh. Uh, in one of the really, really beginning scenes, Spock's got a... What are they called in his ear? Well, it's an ear. With, 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 it, it would be an earpiece, but it would kind of look like a, like, like Bluetooth, right? <laughs> he had one in his ear when he's talking to Kirk, and then they shift to a different point of view and cut back to him, and it's gone. Oh, I did. I didn't uh, notice so that. I, but, I saw one. Well, okay. Not the most important. No, thing, but you noticed but, it. Uh, but but I did. But I noticed it. Okay, and then I have to say, problem with technology on a here's how you use it level. Mm-hmm. If they have those, then why don't they just talk to each other all the time with those in and not have to use, like, they have the monitors to communicate, and then when they're in the elevator, they have the elevator thing to communicate, and then when they're on the bridge, they have those to communicate. Why don't they just use those all the time? The only reason... See, if I was living in the 60s, I would never have thought about this, but... Because we have because we have cell phones and we never turn them off, we keep them by our side. Why we don't need to go from home with a phone to another home with a phone, and then in between we have our cell phones. It's so natural for me to look at that and be like, "That's silly." <laughs> Isn't it interesting? Because because what he really came up with was was Skype, two way communication over a screen, sure, you and... know, or some ver- or some version of that. Sure, he came up he came up with the cell phone, the communicators, the handheld communicators. Uh, which were they even in this episode? No, you didn't even see them. You'll see them soon. Um, is, is that what they're called? Handheld communicators yeah, just or just communicators? Just communicators. Okay. Yeah. And you'll see them and they look like flip phones. You'll see them in, in sure. they should be in the next episode that watch. Uh, apparently it came up with Bluetooth, which I'm realizing as we're recording this, uh, <laughs> because the, the, the earpiece, which has always been there only occurs on the bridge. You're absolutely right. But, 
But hmm. in today's society, we see so many people walking around with those things in our ear. It is the convenient way. Um, right. Even though he came up with all those technologies, the one thing that that Star Trek doesn't get yet is that you could combine them all into one. Um, yeah. You know, would have seen that coming. Right. Well, <laughs> well and it's just, but but but. Uh, so, so there you go. There's a moment where they they were innovative, and we passed the technology by. You know, yeah. here, here's a show in the '60s telling us what we're going to see in the 23rd century that we have passed by some of in the 21st century. Yep. How and now we're making new shows that take place 10 years earlier that have technology from today available to us in our telling of those stories. So how do you do that? How do you update it and make it look older all at the same time? I do not envy those writers or the, like the, the costumers or the set people or anything. Cause that seems like a really hard job. It, it seems like a really That's... hard job to me. And I, I'm excited to learn whether or not mm -hmm. they can do it. Well, we'll find out. Right. We'll find out. Um, Wait, am I going to be watching those, or am I holding off on those until? Well, okay. So as of this... as of the recording of this, of of the starting episodes of, of beginning the track, Star Trek Discovery, the new the new show has not yet aired. I have not seen a single episode. I don't know where it fits. I don't know what it is yet. So for the first fifty two, the answer is no. Uh, for this okay. first year, we're going to do the six series, um, and then who knows? Maybe I'll be able to talk you into you know let's let's watch a couple of those at the end of this and see where we're headed in the future. Um, so stay tuned for that. We only have a year to figure all that out. I would like to point out that I did notice nobody dies. It is a very cerebral show that's still really funny. I absolutely love Spock being like, "There's no need to raise your voice" or whatever he uh -huh. says. Like, why are you so excitable? That was funny. Uh, very cerebral, and nobody dies. Nobody dies. I liked that. It's a very hopeful, fun thing that I enjoyed very much. I'd be very curious. I'm sure somebody's gone over this. The things that were decided that the intent of the story was, like you said, so very clearly, they have a black woman as represented they have all kind like across the spectrum it was a japanese it, man which japanese was man just about as big a deal coming out of world war ii and, yes you know, i didn't think about that but you very much yes mm -hmm. uh that it's very clearly meant to be this isn't america and this isn't you know one this isn't this this is earth out in space so as a representation of that, we are going to include. And then how much would they were told no behind the scenes? Like, you, you can't do that. You can, I have no doubt that they had to fight really hard for a lot of the things, especially this original one. This is me guessing just with what you do see, the things that are probably going to bother me. Maybe they were fought for and they decided to let go to have other things, picking your battles and all of that. Well, and and I don't want to inundate you with too much behind-the-scenes trivia at this point because sure. I can picture your eyes starting to glaze over as I fill in those blanks, but there's a lot of stories about that. Um, uh, Gene Roddenberry, who was the original creator of Star Trek, um, had many, many battles with the networks, with other creative types to get his vision out there. 
and this was the result. So he fought when he could. Um, mm-hmm. There are and there are stories about about Uhura and about Michelle Nichols who played Uhura um, that you can go out and read. You can go out and research, and we'll probably talk more when we get to some episodes that feature her. And I've got one or two in mind that I think are just just really fun. And they said yes. Monstrous, scary thing, laser weapons. This is more what we had in mind. And so they bought the series. And the very first thing that Roddenberry made was the Corbomite maneuver this episode. <laughs> where no one dies and there's where no, no one dies. Where but there, there is the some only, action the, with the, the ship. The only shooting that happens is when we fire at the buoy, right, at the right. Rubik's Cube. I didn't see Rubik's Cube. I saw like colorful yeah like maybe ni- 1960s next you put it next to the lava lamp and then right? it spins and gives off radiation <laughs> like it's very much uh so it like when i was watching it i was like oh that's kind of fun you follow this and then it, but but i knew from the music that mm. it was evil <laughs> so i had confused feelings or at least let them it go. was to be feared you were supposed to be concerned it was supposed yes, to be feared music. yes but I don't think, again, I think it, if it was done nowadays, it would have some kind of like super dark transformer looking aspect to it. Like it would be scaly cubed Rubik's or something. It would definitely not be like this bright in space that makes like a dun 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 sure. feeling. It just didn't, sure. it didn't line up to So me. this was the first, the first official production episode. And then they made, you know, 20 some mm-hmm. more for the first season. They had a second season and were almost canceled. But after the second season, there was a nice little groundswell. Some people that said uh, they really wanted to watch it, you know, some letters, a letter writing campaign. They went one more season, but due to a lot of stuff, including some time zone, cha- some time schedule changes and things like that, they only lasted a third season. And that was it. And That's it literally all the original series there is. Three, mm-hmm. three seasons. Really? Yeah, 79 like- total episodes. Shatner is, I'm, I don't know if I'm right in speaking this, but in my mind, he's pretty much defined by this. That's pretty amazing. And it's only three seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Three huh. seasons and then, and then, and then half a dozen movies that he's also in. Sure. Um, and then, but, but yeah, remember William Shatner has done more than Star Trek. This was his big breakout after being, you know, he guest starred. You can even go back and watch him in some episodes of Twilight Zone. He was in two episodes of the, of the original Twilight Zone, uh, including a very famous one called uh, Nightmare at, I want to say 20,000 feet, but it could be 40,000 feet, but some number of feet. Um, is kind of a Yet fun... again, another TV show I haven't seen. I don't know if we want to mention that. You haven't seen the Twilight Zone? Mm-mm. For those of you that can't get enough and want to watch another episode of Star Trek where um, where the threat turns out to be something some completely different and maybe even a little fun, check out the episode, the original series episode, Shore Leave. It's one of my favorites, and uh, we're not going to visit it in our first 52, so uh, you might want to enjoy that one. We're also going to visit one called Devil in the Dark, and that we are going to watch. But that's another one that's got uh, kind of a that threat ain't what you think it is theme to it. So nice. A couple of a uh, couple of recommendations for you. 
Uh, now I feel like I'm a bit of a DJ here. <laughs> a couple of recommendations for you before we move on to our next segment. Let's talk about the next episode. Okay. All right, so... Um, pins. I've got to put my pins all over the place because I just want to talk so much about this episode with you right now and like even set you up for it, but I'm not going to. Except to say, the next episode will be from the original series... The 23rd episode is the first season called A Taste of Armageddon. A Taste of Armageddon. And this episode originally aired on February 23rd, 1967. So um, this one isn't quite... Wait, no, is this? This is still 50 years old. Yeah, this one's still on the 50 year... 50 years and about six months as of recording our podcast. So, um, I want to talk so much about this episode. Uh, A Taste of Armageddon. Anything I need to know, just jumping from the first one that I saw to this one? I watched this episode, and I think you can watch this pretty much as is. Um, there's no information that you need to know between the last episode you watched and this that won't come out in this episode one way or another. And if it does, we'll talk about it. Okay? Okay. I like that. (laughs) I will be watching it on uh, September 10th. I am actually going to be watching this episode on the 17th. So tune in with me then, and I will be tweeting my initial thoughts and reactions there. If you want to follow at Begin the Trek, do it. Awesome! I just so want to talk about it now. Not yet. This is going to be never ending. This is going this to is be, be a full year of this for you. So one down. One down. Fifty-one, 51 to go. more episodes to go. And do you want to rate this episode? Do you want to rate Corbo Mike Maneuver Ooh. for us? I give Corbomite remove. <laughs> I give <laughs> I give the Corbomite maneuver uh, four out of five Yeoman Beehive hairstyles. There you go, four out of five Yeoman Beehive hairstyles. It was a good one. I thought it was a good fantastic one. with nothing to compare to. Yeah, it. I like. Well, that we'll one. see. It's you know, there's 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 a lot of reasons I put this one first. I think this one shows a lot of what Star Trek's about. So I'm glad you're going to watch it with me and uh, enjoy a taste of Armageddon. And we will talk next week. Bye. Bye. They're there for a half a second. I noticed them, and I just want to put a shout-out. 51 years ago, you were an extra on Star Trek, and I want you to know that I noticed you today. (laughs) So, whoever you were, bravo.